Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we are continuing our series on Christ the Christmas King, and we are coming here to one of my favorite, favorite things to go and to look at, and that is how Mary really surrendered her entire life, her entire kingdom to Christ and realized that he is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 37 here. And it says this in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 37. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said unto her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said unto her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and bring forth a son, and he shall, and shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great. And will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? Then the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Spirit, which will come upon you, and uh, will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, that holy one who is to be born of you will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed. Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now in the sixth month of her who is called barren, for with God nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Wow, I just really love this passage. I just really, really love this passage here. Now, we look at this here. What all is going on? Uh, you, you all, of course, already know uh, that Mary is betrothed to Joseph uh, in this here. The, of course, it says it right here in the passage, uh, which is like an engagement, but it's even bigger. We've already talked about this here. It's even weightier with that. Uh, in fact, you could only break it with a divorce. Um, she was also a, a, a virgin, which means she was likely a teen, uh, but it's also, of course, the literal idea of a virgin as well that's here. And uh, she was also, it says that she was highly favored. Now, this is special favor, and it's only used one other time in the Bible, uh, in Ephesians uh, 1, verse 6, and adoption is the context there, which is kind of cool to think about, um, that it's used in that context. But it, but it's a special favor. God is coming to, to Mary and saying, look, I've, I've specially picked you out for this job. And of course, God really does come to each one of us and tells us, that, that he especially picked us out for the jobs that he has for us. But specifically here, Mary had a very, very, very special job. In fact, it doesn't just say that she was highly favored. It also says that she was blessed. Uh, she was blessed. And this is to speak of blessings. It's the idea that God had already blessed her. And of course, it says that, that she has found favor in the sight of God. Uh, and this is a finding without seeking. It's a special grace here uh, that, that God uh, has, has given or, or that she has found with God. It's, it's one of those things where you look out in the way that, that Mary lived her life. God was well pleased with her. She was highly favored. 
um, she she had found favor. She was blessed. It, it's it's an incredible thing to go and to see that the character that clearly was there for Mary. But in getting this news, while you would think it's it's good news, I mean it is good news. It's it's great news. It's the best news. The Savior is going to be born. This would have been costly news for Mary. And what was it going to cost Mary? Well, it was going to cost her her entire kingdom. It was going to cost her her entire life in order to go and to accept this news and to believe this news and to follow this news. She had a difficult choice. She'd have to deal with people thinking that that she sinned. In fact, in John chapter 8, there was the accusation that she did sin, that she fornicated and that Jesus was an illegitimate child, that that was an accusation that was railed against Mary. This was something that she had to carry for the rest of her life. She had to carry this. Her kingdom would have been damaged here through this. In fact, not only damaged, her kingdom would need to be destroyed. She would completely have to go and to say, look, I am surrendering to the Christmas king. She'd have the hardship of telling Joseph, can you imagine this? You, you know, we, we often think about Joseph because there's the whole passage in Matthew where it goes and it talks about Joseph thinking about, man, maybe I should divorce her. Maybe I shouldn't. Should I put her away publicly? Should I put her away privately? How should I go and take care of this, this big mess? But can you imagine Mary having to go and to tell Joseph? Can you imagine this? Joseph, I, you'll never believe what happened. I mean, look, this angel came to me and told me I'm going to be pregnant. Look, oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, surprise. You know, look, but it's the son of God. I, I mean, that would have been a difficult message to go and to tell to the person that you're betrothed to. Can you imagine the, the distrust, the hurt, all of these things that would have been coming to, to Joseph's mind? And she's the one who has to go and to, to tell Joseph this. There also would have been the hardship of having a child right away. I mean, it's it's this concept of her and Joseph didn't have, you know, nine months uh, minimum to go and to, to get their, their house set, to go and to get everything right. In fact, they didn't even have Jesus in house. Uh, they had him in a, in a stable there. But but we we see this here. This would have been difficult. This would have affected her relationships and probably every relationship in her life, her family, her friends. It would have uh, impacted strangers even, as we found out in John chapter 8, uh, people who at least kind of vaguely knew her and, of course, with Joseph as well. But but Mary had a choice. She had a choice. She could either she could either go and hold on to her kingdom or she could go and to destroy her kingdom and bow down to the Christmas King, Jesus Christ. And this was her response. I really love her response. We're going to be looking at her response here this morning, and it's in verse 38. Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Wow. This is, this is incredibly powerful. Some of the most powerful passages in all of Scripture, one of the most powerful passages in all of Scripture. Mary goes and she says, first of all, behold. Behold. Now, this is important because a lot of times we go and we say, I'm willing to do what God calls me to do. But before Mary even said, behold, or excuse me, before she even said, I'm willing to do what she told me to do, she says, behold. 
And this word behold, it implies an availability. I'm here. I am available to you, God. You know, before that you can before you can really be willing to do what God has called you to do, you have to be available to God. You have to have that behold moment in your life. Where you and it's not just a moment, it's really a a, a constant daily thing. It's really a, a weekly thing. It's really a monthly thing. It's really a yearly thing. It, it is it is all the time that you're looking at this. This is something that you have to go in year by year, month by month, week by week, day by day, go until the Lord behold. Day by day you're telling him, Behold, I'm here, Lord, right here in my devotions. Weekly. You have to tell him, Behold, I'm available to you, Lord. My count calendar works around your calendar. I'm at church. We go and we look at these things and this these patterns have to have to hold true month to month, year to year, time after time after time. You have to be available to God. And then she goes and she says, the maidservant of the Lord. Now, this is the feminine word for doulos, which is a bondservant, which is a willing slave, someone who has lost their will to the will of their master. That's what what Mary is going and saying when she says, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, my will has been lost to the will of my master. I am completely giving my life for the Christmas king. I am recognizing him as the king of my life. That is what Mary was saying in that word, the maidservant of the Lord. I am available and I am willing to do what you have called me to do, Lord. And of course, it is, let it be to me according to your word. There is a submission that then comes in to her life by saying, look, I am submitted to your word to the Word of God. And she's saying that to the messenger of God, which is interesting. And that's interesting. But we see here, if we are truly going to recognize the Christmas King as truly 100% King of our life, it means that we need to let our kingdom be destroyed just as Mary let her kingdom be destroyed, no matter what it's going to cost us, no matter what other people are going to think about us, no matter how it's going to dramatically change the direction of our life, we need to go and to say, Lord, I am willing, I am available, and I am submitted to your word. This is absolutely vital. And you cannot really make those three statements, I'm available, I'm willing, and let it be according to your word, I'm submitted to your word. I, you can't really say those three things if you're trying to build your own kingdom. You have to go and to get out of your own kingdom, you have to start working on building the kingdom of God through submitting to the kingship of the Christmas King, Jesus Christ. Now, why in the world would Mary do this? We've looked at, of course, Joseph. Why in the world would Joseph do this? 
Why in the world would, would the shepherds do this? Why, why would anybody go and give up their occupation? Why would anybody go and, and give up their relationships? Why would anybody go and give up their life for the Christmas King? Well, it is because he is the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords. We're going to be looking at that next time in greater detail to see the, the, the kingship of Christ in, in eschatology a little bit here, how there is a Christ who is coming back, how there is a king who is coming back, how he is going to return. And when he returns, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is king, is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 today as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go.